0: In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And that happened. And that happened. Our God is awesome, isn't he? Is our God not awesome? And you know, scientists tell us that command is still traveling throughout space. The universe is, is still growing. It is, it is still expanding. You know, I, I, I can't help but wonder, when God said, let there be light, did, did his voice boom? Did, did the heavens shake? You know, I mean, if we were trying to portray it in a video, that's how we'd make it, wouldn't we? We'd want this big dramatic effect. Would you believe that the the Book of Job actually suggests that when God said, "Let there be light," He whispered. He whispered, and the power of God's whisper is still traveling through space today, creating and making big. You know, you and I today live in a in a culture. We live in a world. We 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 like the future. We like what is out in front of us. We like new and big and and progressive. We tend to forget the past. At least our culture does. We tend to forget the past, ignore the past, even erase the past. But isn't there something interesting about Christmas that we all just kind of stop what we're doing and collectively go back? Don't we? I mean, there's something about Christmas, we all, go back, we all go back to when we were five years old. Or, 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 or maybe we're kind of captured by that cult classic, the Christmas story, and we all, we all go back to the 1940s. Doesn't that portray, well, when we think of Christmas, we, we want to go back to the olden days. Or, or maybe we go back even farther than that, and, and we find ourselves in the Victorian age in, in England. Have you noticed how many movies and Christmas stories are made in that time period? You know, if you're going to dress up carolers, what are you going to put them in? Victorian age England. Why does the Victorian age have such a hold on Christmas? Did, did Tiny Tim do that? Well, this series is not going to answer any of those questions. And <laughs> that has nothing to do with what we're going to look at. But what we're going to do during the month of December is we are going to go back. Past when you were five Past the 1800s, and we are going to travel back to the first three chapters of, of the Bible. The first three chapters of the story of, of creation and humanity. And what we're going to see in those chapters is rise up the development, the creation, the reason that there's a Christmas. Christmas is there in the in the very beginning, and and I you know I think I have a kind of like a simple goal in this, just that maybe we leave this month with a greater awe, a, a, a greater awe, a greater appreciation at, at a, and a sense of the the magnitude of God, the greatness of God, but also His consistency, how fluid, if you will, His story is from beginning to end to kind of right there in the middle so so we find ourselves here now i just read the first three verses the first three lines of creation and that that first line verse one the first five words in the beginning god created man that is such a positive verse isn't it It, it's positive it's powerful it's filled with potential i mean we can go anywhere from god created right we, we can go anywhere with those two words. And that's why it's kind of surprising to me that verse 2 doesn't go anywhere. Verse 2 is not positive, it's not ripe with potential. Verse 2 is kind of negative. I mean, we just heard God created, and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, it's like dark. There, there's this darkness, and, and when you look into it, there's no order, there's no definition, there's no shape or, or meaning to anything. Well, what's, what's going on there? Well, as it says, God created it, it kind of brings us to what we're starting with. And, and some suggest, I tend to agree, that what we have in verse 2 is the abode, the, the residence of Satan. This is where Satan landed. You remember, right? God, Satan tried to steal God's house. Satan tried to steal God's throne, steal God's glory and, and was summarily dealt with. Kicked out of heaven, if you will. And, and verse 2 would be a, a description, would be representative of where, where he landed. And you know, folks, wherever Satan is, whether we're talking about some uh, uh, abyss or darkness or whether we're talking about our own lives, wherever Satan lives, wherever he dwells, there is darkness. There is chaos. Now, we know what happened when Satan tried to move into God's house and take over. Now, God moves into Satan's house and says, watch what I can do. And, and, you know, again, for dramatic effect, I would have God come in big and muscular and his voice booming, but he, but he whispers and he just turns on the lights. And immediately things begin to, as the commands roll out through Genesis 1, things begin to, to come together and we have shape and we have order and we have definition and, and we have life. And life begins to take on a meaning and it, and it takes on a purpose. I think it would have been awesome to see that, don't you? I mean, I mean, we have a whole field of study, science, that's all about wanting to know what happened back there. It's sad, isn't it, that, that they want to explore that any way they can, as long as they remove God from the equation? But man, I think it's exciting to imagine when God just spoke, boom, whisper, whatever. He spoke. and all of a sudden there's time. I, I don't What does it look like to create time? I have no concept of time not being... God is the creator. God spoke time into existence. He spoke space into existence. He spoke matter into existence. Man, what a moment that... What did that look like? What did it sound like? What, what When the universe was moving and, and being shaped, how awesome and how incredible. You know, I, I showed that video eight minutes if you were counting... Probably wondering, are we just watching another preacher today? By the way, if you were going to watch another one, that'd be a good one, wouldn't it? If you want to, if you want, that's only about eight minutes of a forty-minute message. Louis Giglio, I should give credit where it's due. Louis Giglio is who who you were watching there, and if you want to go on YouTube, it's the Star Maker, and uh, wanted to watch that whole message. But but I showed that because he already had all the stuff together to do that for us, so we could see just how big. Just how big, how powerful God is. But what I want to suggest to you today, that wasn't God's big moment. Oh, there's no doubt when we look up into the skies and into the heavens. And Romans chapter 1 verse 20 tells us that when we look at creation, we know there's a God. That the scripture says you got to be outside your mind to look up. Oh, I think this just all happened. I think nothing produced all this. I th- honestly, I think it takes a lot more faith to make God, to make nothing your God. Yeah, but but it, we look up there and we see its immensity, its order, its artistry, and we're learning about, about what our God is like, and as and artistic and as powerful and is creative as creative as all that is, that was not God's big moment. God's big moment was not when he said, Let there be light, it's when he gave us the light. In His own Son, Jesus Christ, we come to this Christmas season, and I want to show you how much Jesus is attached to that. Let there be light. But as we as we come to the Christmas season and we celebrate a baby, gosh, a, a baby is fun, isn't it? A baby's fun. A baby's safe. A baby makes you smile. You even smile when the baby's acting bad. Have you noticed that? You say, that's cute. Yeah, it won't be cute in six more years. That behavior won't be funny in, in 12 more years. But no, it's a, it's a ba- there's just something very safe, very vulnerable, very cute uh, about a baby. Gosh, you you can you can see what a baby means to us just by the different way we approach Christmas and Easter, right? I mean, we're getting ready for Christmas for two months. Easter, we don't even know what date that is. When is Easter this year? Is it this Sunday? No thought. It's just woo. No, that's different. Different Dealing with a baby and, and dealing with a cross, right? But, but who is that baby? What is that baby? Listen to this description from Scripture. And, and as I read this, think about what you just saw. Think about what you just learned as I read this. I'm reading from Colossians chapter 1, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 15. This is a description of the baby. That we celebrate at Christmas. Colossians 1, verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created. And He is supreme. He's over, he's over Canis Major. He doesn't look at Canis Major and go, Wow, is that big? No, He, he is supreme over that. For through Him, through Jesus, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made things we can see. He made the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through Jesus and for Jesus. He existed before anything else and He holds all creation together. I mean, that was impressive to see those planets and stars go by, wasn't it? Well, I, I didn't even count them. What what did, what did we see there? About 12, 15? There's millions of those. Millions of those. And Christ holds it all together. Watch this. We go from the this awesome thing. Christ is also head of the church. Anything about church? Well, that's not so impressive compared to Canis Major. But but as as the Scripture shows us who He is, His power, His size, His grandeur, and oh, that's who's head of this gathering. Head of all the gatherings that are happening on Sunday morning around the United States. Head of all the gatherings all over this planet. We all can be very, gosh, think how different we are in this very room, much less how different we might be from all the gatherings going over. But we have one head. Jesus Christ is that head. He is the the beginning, the supreme over all who rise from the dead. So that, now so that, this is a purpose statement. Everything I just read has a reason, has a purpose. Everything that exists has a reason, has a purpose. So that He, Jesus, is first. That He is first in everything. Creation reaches no higher order. Creation reaches no meaning, more meaningful moment. You as a person reach no higher place, no more meaningful moment than when Christ is number one in your life. When Christ is preeminent in your life. Oh, well, that's quite a different baby, isn't it? That baby is God. God, the Son, He's the part of God we, we see. He is the image of the invisible. Jesus is the reason that God said, let there be light. Jesus is the how of the light. Jesus is the what of the light. Jesus is the why of the light. Do you know why God said, let there be light? So that you could see Jesus. So that you could see Jesus. So it could be revealed to you. So that it could be revealed to creation who did all this and what should be number one in every cell, every molecule of my being. That Jesus would be number one. And how, how, how interesting that we have knowingly, unknowingly, consciously, subconsciously made, made a celebration of Christmas so much of a, of a celebration with lights, right? Yeah, man, this, this, this is all about the, the light. Because you see, again, at Christmas, God says, n- not out into space, but, but He says into the human soul, Where darkness and chaos resides. God says, let there be light. And he gives us Jesus. Man, what incredible news. You ever been in the dark? You ever been stuck in the dark? Trapped in the dark? Locked in the dark? You stub your toe in the dark, right? You you bang your shins in the dark. You, you, You grope around, but you can't quite. What is this? What, what is it? What does it mean? What's the shape? What's the direction? What's the, that we can't see that in the dark. Light's a pretty awesome thing. Light gives shape. Light gives meaning. Light gives definition. And with all those things, now we have an order, a direction, a, 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 a purpose. Man, what good news. And yet, would you believe we, we maybe really didn't think of it as good news? Because you see, you and I were not trapped in the darkness. We're not locked in the darkness. Somebody didn't throw us in there like a, like a cell, a cage. We chose the darkness. I don't know, it makes no sense. I, I wish when I said we chose, I wish I could say they chose and we could talk about how dumb they are out there. They chose the darkness, but it's, it's we. It's every human being that's ever walked on this planet. It is you and it is me. The scripture explains it this way in John chapter 1, the opening of that gospel. John chapter 1 doesn't give us the Christmas story like Matthew and and Mark do. And yet it's talking about the beginning, where Jesus was, how, how he came here and where are we at? We're at the true light. The true light's not the sun. The true light is the sun, right? John chapter 1, the true light is Jesus Christ. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world, <clears throat> Excuse me, he was in the world and the world was made through him. Doesn't this sound like Colossians? Made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, his own creation, his own people, the pinnacle of that creation. That's the crazy thing. Canis Major is not the pinnacle of God's creation. You are. And he came to you. And we said, no thanks, not interested. We rejected God. We rejected the light. It literally makes no sense what you, what I are doing. Somehow we have got it in our mind that I can find freedom if I leave the light and plunge myself back into the darkness. Somehow you and me have decided, no, I, I, you know what? I think if I leave the Creator and I head to chaos, I'll do a lot better at, 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 at finding my identity, finding my worth and value. I mean, look around us. This is going on. This isn't make-believe. I'm not making this up in some kind of metaphorical way. Watch, people. We leave light to go to darkness. We leave the Creator to go to chaos. Because that's where we're going to find it all. It's the craziest thing in the world. If I was God, and I'm pretty sure if you were God, I'd blow the place up. I mean, seriously, what a bunch of idiots. I can't, what more can I do? Don't you get frustrated when you do and you do and you do and you do for someone and they just throw it back in your face over and over and over to their own detriment? I mean, don't you? You know what? Have it. I'm done with you. And that's what the good news is. That's what the gospel is. God's not done with you. I don't know why he's not done with you. I would be done with you. You would be done with you. I'd be done with me. But God's not. He's not done with us. And so he does something more powerful, more meaningful, and even more effective than all that. And he says, let there be light. And he sends his son into your life and into my life to be that true light you know as we come into the christmas story we we open up luke chapter 1 luke chapter 2 and as we get near the end of of luke chapter 1 mary is is already impregnated the holy spirit has placed this child this baby in her she is still a virgin it's not the normal way. This is a very special deal that, that, is, that is happening here. And, and a relative of hers, through a marriage, Zechariah, comes to marry. Zechariah is married to a lady named Elizabeth. And, and they themselves are, are having a very special birth. They themselves had kind of a, a miracle thing happen. And they're going to have a guy we come to know as John the Baptist. Man, they have all their own reason for celebrating and being our baby, our child. And yet, Zechariah goes to Mary and begins to describe what's inside her. Because God's told them. And it's a, it's a long thing. I would encourage you to look there at the end of Luke chapter 1 and find that. But, but let me show you these last two verses. Because of the tender mercy of God. Boy, could I just stop right there? The tender, when you hear the word tender, what do you think of? I mean, I think of a baby, soft, small, controllable, precious, Because, because of the tender mercy of God. That's how God wants you to know him. That's what God wants you to experience when you know, when you discover, when you realize, when you walk with God. He wants you to experience His tender mercy. Now, we won't all experience, as a matter of fact, most won't experience His tender mercy. Most will experience His wrath and His judgment. But it's not because that's what God wants humanity to know about Him. It's because it's what we demand. No, I choose. I don't want the light. I want the darkness. I can find more happiness. I can find more of me. I can do more in the dark. I can do more in the chaos. I want the wrath. I want the judgment. I mock that it even happens. Well, if that's what I demand, if that's what I choose, God will give it. But what he wants me to know of him, what he wants me to experience of him, is his tender mercy. While you and I would have been done with this place, God in his tender mercy, he just turns the lights on again for us. We keep running the darkness, he keeps trying to turn the light on. Whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. We're right back to creation here, aren't we? Whereby the sunrise shall visit us personally, individually, from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. That's kind of beautiful imagery, isn't it? Kind of of picturing Jesus as a sunrise. In our life, when, when, when the light arises, the dawn of day breaks into my life, the night is over. In the night, there's darkness. In the night, there is confusion. And folks, until the sunrise of Christ happens in your life, until it happens in my life, our life will be darkness and chaos. You know, that's actually a huge, huge statement I just made right there. Sitting in church... I think we're kind of used to hearing that language, right? If you don't have Christ in your life, it's going to be dark. It's going to be chaos. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, we're, we're used to hearing that in here. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I would imagine that there may be some in here today and there would be many out there that would say, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I totally disagree with you. I, I, I'm not looking for a sunrise of Jesus in my life. No I, I that hadn't happened for me I'm not looking for it don't care and I'll tell you something I ain't living in darkness and chaos i you know i I like life i'll be honest with you i'm I'm mostly enjoying it yeah, you have bad days, but hey, I mostly enjoy life i i I like what i do I, I like the people that I relate with i'm I'm not perfect but i I feel like all in all i I make more of a positive contribution on society than than not. I I just completely reject this idea that that unless I have Jesus, I've got darkness and chaos. So how would I respond to that? (laughs) There's happy people out there. You don't need to have no sunrise to be happy. You know, actually, the person who would say, I'm doing just fine without Christ, what they're experiencing theologically is called common grace. Common means God's grace, God's kindness over all all. What, what it means is very simply this. It rains on the good man's field and it rains on the bad man's field. Right? There's good people in the world. There's bad people in the world. They both get rain. You know, a, 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 a person who loves God and walks with God and lives for God can sit down at the same table with a wicked, evil person and they both can say, boy, that is a good meal. They can both enjoy the taste of a good meal. That's God's common grace. Now whether that common grace is your experience that you just happen to be in that for a season, it tends not to be felt forever and ever. But if you're just in a season, hey listen, maybe it is for it. Maybe your entire life will be nothing but roses. But every day of your life you wake up, you're moving toward death. And death is is not a cessation of existence. Not for a millisecond. Not for a millisecond, is it dark, is it cold, are you, oh, I don't exist anymore. Not for a millisecond. No, what, what death is, is eternal separation from God in darkness. See, I don't live in darkness, I'm not experiencing chaos Hey, if you have 70 or 80 years uh, of just everything is fine and good, and then you step into an eternity of darkness, who in the world cares what 70 or 80 years were? This is eternal separation, eternal darkness and chaos. Never definition, never order, never peace, never light. That's what Jesus came to rescue you and I from. That's what he came to lead us out of to a place where there's, there's rest and peace. Peace. I'm not worried anymore about being good enough. I'm not worried anymore if I did the right things for this angry God. No, I just followed the light. And he takes me to a place of peace. I trust in, in him. That's what Jesus is doing for us. That's the light. That God turns on for you and for me. You know, as I I, I read the Bible, and I'm I'm guess I guess a lot of you would be like me as I read the Bible. There's a lot of things in here I'd like to have been standing there watching. Right, that whole David and Goliath thing. I just signed up for a ticket, quick pass, and everything for the parting of the Red Sea. Who, right? I'll I'll do that. Matter of fact, I'll wait in line even if I don't have a quick pass. But, you know, when I, when I think of all the things in Scripture I'd like to have been there for, I'd like to have seen, if, if I was backed into question, you pick three. You know, I, honestly, I think I'd have picked that very first line. I, I, I really do. I, I, what, did that, what did that look like when God took the chaos and brought it to order? When God took the darkness and he brought it to light? He took nothing and he brought life. Well, I, I'd like to see that moment but a greater moment. The bigger, the more significant, the eternal moment for you and for me was not that moment. It's when God said, Let there be light, and He introduced you and me to Jesus Christ. Has the sunrise of Christ happened in your life? Has you, have you received Him as the God? that he is you know the bible says that when we do when we turn from trusting in our own way to muddle through the darkness when we turn from our desire for the darkness and we we give our lives to christ man we're, we can be forgiven of all of our sins we'll be adopted we'll literally be his very own child in a love relationship with the guy who put Cana's major up there that's my god that's my father and if that has not happened in your life today, it can. It can. It can happen here. It can happen today. It can happen right now. Now, my guess is a, a, a lot of us in here would say, yes, that has happened in my life. Th- then I have just one question for you, one very poignant significant question as we celebrate this Jesus who is the light of the world as we say that we believe in this Jesus who is the light of the world here's the big question for us then now am I walking in the light? am I, am I, am I walking in the light? You know, what, what does that mean? You know, do I wait for like a beam to come down from it? what does that look like? you know isn't this the light of God? Doesn't this shed light? I mean, what, what a, you're in dark and the lights come on. What does light do? Light reveals the way to the door. L- light reveals the shape of things, the, the, the order of things. What you do, how you move, how you, how you live, it guides you in the decisions that you now make. What is the light of God for us but God's Word? As a matter of fact, God's Word says that. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and it's a what? It's a light to my path. So is God's word guiding my path on my my way of looking at money, my way of spending money? Is God's word guiding my my, my sexual identity, my sexual activity? Is God's word guiding? Do I look for God's word to shed light on how I handle disappointment and frustration and fear and, and anger? Do I look at God's word to shed light on how I handle celebration? How how I handle opportunity. How how I make decisions. Folks, every day. You don't have to wait for the light to mystically come on in your life. Every day you and I have the opportunity to turn to and to walk in that light. You know, it's very possible to say, I believe the light. I believe Jesus is the light. And and end up walking right back to the darkness. You know, so we come to church and the pastor's up there waving around saying, oh, Jesus is the meaning. You have Jesus in your life and you have joy and peace and meaning. And you're thinking, man, I believe that, but I don't know if I'm experiencing it. I have one question for you. Are you walking in the light? Yes, believing in it is the first step. Walking in it is step number two, right? It's walking in the light. God is good. God is awesome. He does not fail. Man, let there be light. And, and, and Cain is major. The sun, the earth. Let there be light. Jesus Christ and Jesus' word. You know, I think maybe we leave here today and we kind of think of it this way. When, when God said, let there be light, and He did all that stuff up in outer space, He gave creation a gift. The second time he said let there be light he gave the humans he gave you a gift in his own son Jesus Christ. Are you running to the light, clinging to the light living, walking and believing in the light? Or do you find yourself constantly heading back to the darkness? Boy Proverbs has a really unpleasant expression of what we're like when we're going back to the darkness says that you and I, all of us, are like dogs that return to vomit. If vomit's what you want, God will let you have that. But he wants you to know his tender mercy. He wants you to know the true light. Let's pray, uh, Lord. Thank you. Th- I, thank you, God, for giving mankind, uh, after all these centuries, all these millennia, the the ability to look up and just see the universe and its expanse and its size. God, we worship you today. You are you are so big. You're so awesome. You're so tiny and creative and intricate you're you're majestic you're beautiful, you're powerful God I thank you that you are tender God because of my sin and my propensity for the darkness I thank you I thank you for your mercy Lord may I not abuse that mercy may I not mock that mercy May I believe that Jesus is the true light and may I walk in the light that he gives every single day in every single thing I'm doing. And God, would I pray for myself, I would pray for, for every one of us here today, in the room, watching online, every one of us, God, we would choose the light of your word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.